You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. We are airing one of my favorite episodes that originally aired in May of 2021, talking about manifestation, specifically manifestation around money and getting comfortable with talking about money and wanting money and understanding what are the energetics around money. And there is no one better than Natalia Benson to talk about this. So again, this originally aired back in May of 2021. Natalia has so many intuitive practices and yet practical practices that you can put into motion as it relates to manifesting abundance, manifesting your dream life, manifesting that money. She's such a boss and she's really one of my biggest expanders. I love her. She also talks about natal chart astrology and how to use it as part of your life's purpose. She is an astrologer as well. In this episode, we really get into money stories. What are we telling ourselves about money? How is that holding us back? And so many of us, all of us have a money story that maybe we just aren't super aware of. So thanks so much for tuning in um, again to this re-aired amazing episode. Some life updates on my end, just finishing up this amazing time, maternity leave that has been great and also really challenging. I'm really excited to get back to a regular routine. I have so many awesome guests lined up this fall, so many fun conversations that I can't wait for you to hear. So make sure you hit subscribe to be the first to know when those new episodes air. And if you enjoy this, consider leaving a review, sign up for our email newsletter. You can do that in the show notes and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. Let's get to this conversation with astrologer, money coach, women's empowerment coach, Natalia Benson. We're sitting down today with Natalia Benson, who has been such an expander for me. I'm so excited to talk about money today. Actually, something that I've kind of been holding off on talking about on this show because I wanted to talk to you about it. And here we are. Can you tell listeners just you know a little bit of your origin story, how you got into this, into working with women and astrology and money? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's funny. I just was recording a podcast right before we jumped on here uh, for for myself. So I feel like I'm I'm like oh I'm like feel so some feel so uh, it's echoing everything I was just talking about. So I'm yeah. like okay, here we go. So basically, very very simply. I have really just followed what has helped me heal. I followed what has fascinated me. And that 
curiosity and that desire to heal and be happy, ironically led me into astrology, led me into eventually like understanding that there could be energetics and soulful energy around money. Like I was not taught money that way, but very, very simply, I had a bit of a spiritual awakening at 19. I was not always like this. I was raised by two wonderful, um, but very corporate minded parents who Mm. really wanted me to go in their direction. Um, people always ask me, they're like, were your parents astrologers? Were they like, you know, did they like teach you all of this stuff? And I'm just like, no, like this is totally originated from just, you know, allowing myself to listen to myself and listen to what feels authentic to me. So around 19, having a, a spiritual awakening, so to speak, Um, I then also started my first business because I made the decision that I wanted to be financially um, disconnected from my parents. Like they, God bless, and they're amazing. We're very close. We always have been, even through these tumultuous times. But the, the way that my dad had a relationship to money, it just modeled for me what I didn't want. It was Mm -hmm. rooted in lots of trauma, lots of fear. And, um, I just was like, I know there's got to be a bit, a better way. And so at the age of 19, I started to get into spiritual, all the woo and like meditation and new age books. And I didn't get into astrology till I moved to Los Angeles a couple of years later, but you know, that was also ironically when I kind of started a new relationship with money, I decided that I wanted to create a way to make money on my own. And so right there, I remember I had a call with my dad and he was worried about something with my college tuition or something like that. And I just was like, you know what? I was like, I'm never asking that guy for money again. And I just like (laughs) off the phone and I was like, okay, what do I got to do? And at that time, my original pull was around jewelry. I was fascinated by jewelry. I loved Mm. the idea of being a designer. And so I just, that was where I started. And so I started, I taught myself how to make jewelry in my college bedroom and I started selling it to boutiques and people and posting it on what was going on then Facebook. I don't know, Facebook, MySpace. Yeah. So I was just starting to like sell there. And then, and I kind of remember one night in my college apartment, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to figure out how to build a brand. And like, this is just all things like of just me kind of listening to myself and, and not, you know, the thing that I admire about myself and I, and just, I speak this because I see so many women not do this. So something that I, I appreciate myself, even in my, you know, my darkest, most unevolved moments is that I very rarely, if ever would come up with an idea that originated from my body, my heart, my soul, something where, you know, there's just a resonance. Mm -hmm. And I very rarely would say that's stupid. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So by not having that dialogue in my head, I did a lot of shit that was like, I'm an Aries too. So it's like, I just was was like, how do I, how do I figure out a way to do this? Like, how do I take action on this? You know what I mean? And that's what I did. And something that's helped me along my journey as well is if, even if a big idea comes, 
instead of saying, that's ridiculous, you can't do that. Instead, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm going to write that down, save it for later. Because you know what? I like have a dream of being like the lead singer of a band, LOL. Um, but maybe one day I'll do that. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm... Uh, who am I to say? Like, it's yeah. something, it's something that I'm, I'm so drawn to and maybe I'll do that in this lifetime, but basically very simply, I don't want to get to, to, to di- digress too much, but you know, when it comes to how I got into all of this, it was really just listening, like mm-hmm. following what felt helpful and true for me, not what everybody else was saying. And then just finding ways to to do it, like taking action, teaching myself. And these were, you know, this is, we're talking like 15 years ago. So, I mean, God, that's crazy to think that's insane. But anyways, I just turned 34 and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, I'm 34 too. We must have oh, nice. similar charts. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I'm 87. Yeah. I'm 86. Just nice. Little... 86, 86. I love it. Yeah. I just turned 34. So but it's, it's just interesting to think that when I got started, like there wasn't, there just wasn't, um, a lot of resources there. What you couldn't go buy a course on XYZ. There was no Instagram then. So it was like, which I I think is beautiful, but also, you know, I, I feel like I kind of went a longer journey because I had to just trust like, Oh, wow. I have a fire around this. There's something that's calling me. And like, I got to figure it out, but it might take a little bit more time. So that's really been, you know, it's been a fascinating journey and moving to Los Angeles when I was about 21 years old, that's when I got into astrology and astrology and natal chart astrology helped me so much that as soon as I got a basic handle on how it worked anyone with a pulse, I would ask them what time they were born and ask them if I could look at their chart. And I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I had a book, I had Google, I had like things I could refer to. And I just would open these conversations about, you know, like, what does this mean that your son is in Sagittarius? What does this mean that your Venus is in the 10th house or whatever? And that was just how I started to build and grow all of these different things. And I just never, ever gave up. Um, my twenties were also just wrought with a lot of self hatred, a lot Mm -hmm. of very low self-worth. Um, and a lot of confusion. I lived in Los Angeles all this time. So there was definitely a lot of, um, what I like to call, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, initiations to go through, to really Mm, come into a place of self-love and self-respect and to treat myself with dignity. So, but I look at business and money and your relationship to yourself like those things are not separate. Like the way you run your business, the way you approach your money, they're all rooted in the relationship you have with yourself at a core level. So I feel like I went in lots of directions there, but hopefully I answered your questions. So many good directions that <laughs> yes, that we can go down. I'm I'm drawn to your talk about the Aries energy. Cause I think that mm-hmm. that's like I have this theory that, so I'm an Aries rising. My daughter's an Aries. Like it can be kind of hard to be an Aries on this earth that it's Mm. like living in the self and listening to the self and like believing in the self 
is hard. And so I feel like so many people can learn from you and how you just talked about that, how you just listened. Right. And, and you're still doing it live time. I love all of your updates and your newsletters and how you're talking about leaning into rest when you need it. Yes. So has that, you know, as you've moved through these iterations of your career and your life, I mean, has I were you a DJ at one point? Did I hear that right on that like workshop? I'm just obsessed with this whole trajectory. (laughs) Like it's so cool. How did you like how did it show up for you? How did listening, like how did intuition come to you? Like, do you hear it? Do you see it? Do you Mm, feel it? That's such a cool question. Yeah. I mean, for me, and this is what I was just laughing because this is what I was just going on and on about for like the last hour with myself and my little podcast headphones. I literally <laughs> am like, how have I listened? Like I've just like, if something is sparked a fire, if I'm like, Oh, Whoa, instead of getting jealous of someone who's doing it, I'm just like, Ooh, that's sparking something in me. Yes, There must yes. be something there. Oh, wow. Whoa. There echoing or mirroring a completely unconscious, um, potential in me. Mm -hmm. So the DJing stuff, doing jewelry, like those are kind of my two big passion things. And then the astrology and the tarot, those were very self-guided. I didn't really see many people. The, The first person I ever saw who was like modeling what I thought could be possible for my for that work was Gabby Bernstein. And this was again, mm-hmm. like 12 years ago. So I remember seeing her and being like, Oh, I think, Whoa, this is possible maybe to have a spiritual career. But at the time that wasn't really a thing. Like Gabby was very much on that forefront and she was the only person I really witnessed on a big scale doing that. So the reason I bring up what Tony Robbins like to call uh, models is you see people who are doing something and you're like, huh, they are, or I think Lacey Phillips calls it like an expander. expander. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, for me, it's like, I just stayed very aware of what was going on around me and what lit something up in me. Mm-hmm. And then I like, was like, okay, what would I be willing to do about that? That's a mm-hmm. big question to ask yourself. I really hope that lands like, okay, that lights something in me. What would I now be willing to do to make that a reality for myself Mm -hmm. to explore and express that? It's like, if you, this is kind of, let's say maybe a common example, but if you're young and you're watching a movie and you're moved by the actor, actress on the screen, you might be like, oh my God what would I be willing to do about that? And maybe you're 12 and you start taking acting classes, or maybe that dream comes back to visit you when you're 45 and you're like, wow, maybe it's time to take those acting classes. Like, what would you be willing to do to bring forward the fire inside of you? Mm-hmm. And being an Aries, you know, as I get older and I, I have a Capricorn rising, which those things square. So those aren't easy. Like as an aspect, it's not easy. And it's actually been extremely, um, painful at times mm-hmm. to integrate the, the Aries that just wants to be like unbridled and like do whatever I want, whenever I want and go as fast as I want. And that Capricorn ascendant, which is way more what I embody now as I'm getting older is like so much more thoughtful, mm-hmm. paced and patient And, but it's also kept that Aries fire over all these years, kind of like 
trucking along. And the thing that I love about being an Aries is that I'm extremely self-aware. I'm extremely self-referential, which means I, at least I won't say for all Aries, but at least for me, I am willing to take a lot of accountability, which Mm -hmm. I think is really important in leadership. It's really important in building success of whatever, however you define success is how much accountability are you willing to take for you and not blame others. It can be easy to do, but like, how can I take as much accountability for me and do what I can with what I have over a long period of time? And that might be some of the Capricorn speaking there because Capricorn is all about the tenacity and that slow methodical pace up the mountain. Whereas Aries just wants to get in the rocket ship and like blast to the top. (laughs) So both of these things, like as, and this is why I love astrology as a tool is getting to know my chart over so many years and study it and remain a beginning student, remain, have a beginner's mind. It's just to me, miraculous, miraculous, what we can create when we're willing to look at the self and honor the self. Mm -hmm. Like I just got finished reading a book that Krista actually recommends to me, Krista Williams. And, um, it's called uh, happy pocket full of money by David Cameron Gakandi. Mm-hmm. And he has a chapter about the self. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, maybe he's an Aries. Cause like this, just really how the self is the root, the anchor of, of everything in our life experience. Like I always have like a little, a cute little joke, but I like to say, you know, oh shoot. It's, I actually forget my quotes very often, but basically (laughs) something that I like to talk about is like, you know, if there's a problem, you can change it because you can change yourself. Like the good news is you can always change and work on yourself. Like every, as an Aries, that's always what I teach is like that we can come back to self Mm -hmm. and create change from that place. So, yeah. Mm. I love how you use natal chart astrology versus say predictive astrology. I mean, I'm sure I know you do that too, but looking at, okay, here's what we have and how that applies to our career path, our wealth. Is there like specific things that you draw on from the natal chart or do you just teach people to kind of use the gifts that they have? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So yeah, I actually, I I've actually never been super into predictive astrology. Eliza Kelly is actually one of my favorite astrologers and she is incredible at tracking transits and mundane astrology, which is really looking at what's going on on the big picture of the transits and what's to come. I've actually never been into that. I only realized recently that I'm like, whoa, like, I don't want to really talk about like all the things going on in the planets. Mm -hmm. I don't really pay that much attention to them. The thing for me that really like turns me, turns me on that sounds so funny to say. I get turned on by <laughs> astrology. I do. Same. I do. <laughs> and he could probably resonate with that. But what's so powerful is, is looking at the needle chart, bringing yeah. it back home to the self. And then see even seeing how the transits affect your chart, mm-hmm. but then realizing, realizing that all of I just had this thought yesterday when I was driving, but that astrology is literally here. The tool of astrology is here for us to help us grow and evolve. Mm. 
as individuals and as a collective. It's not here to like lay the smack. It's not here to ruin your life. It's not here to mercury retrograde all over you. It's literally like to help you evolve. It's here to help you grow because the soul's like I'm very into reincarnation. I'm very fascinated by past lives and our subconscious and all of the wealth of wisdom that's there. But what's so powerful is like when we get to look at who we are at like that fundamental level, why we incarnated, which is what the the blueprint of a natal chart expresses, you get to essentially, um, you get to essentially capitalize on the main function of a soul incarnating, which is growth. Like you come here to grow. You are not just a human for the sake of being human. You are a soul. You are an indestructible energy, never born, never die. It's very hard for the left brain to comprehend that. I have trouble comprehending it, to be honest. (laughs) But like our soul is this indestructible energy And it comes in to have an experience of duality, to learn and grow. And then, you know, we return, we return back and each incarnation, we, we grow and we learn and we evolve. And that's why Mm -hmm. I really believe that is why we're here. We're here to have experiences. We're here to heal. We're here to help each other heal. We're here to learn how to love ourselves and love each other, even in the hardest of circumstances and to treat each other to treat ourselves. I I believe it's very hard to guide others if you don't know how to guide yourself. So this theme will probably come up a lot in this conversation, but it's like the energy of the way that you connect to you is the way that everything plays out. So I I always like to say, this is one of my quotes I do remember, but um, uh, someone will treat you, someone will make you feel the way they feel inside. Totally. So like if someone ever hurts you, they, they are hurting. If someone helps you to feel joy or connectiveness, they feel joy and connectiveness in themselves. Now, this is obviously not an exhaustive, that's a very philosophical conversation, but I think it just reminds us that everything comes back to the self. Everything comes back to the way that we are here to grow and to have experiences, um, and hopefully, you know, evolve. Like I think evolution and making things better than they were is perhaps one of the key fundamental pieces of magic when it comes to growth. So anyways, that was, this is a bit of a transmission, but yeah, it's powerful. No, it does. It really applies though, to this idea of growth around building abundance, right? Mm-hmm. Wealth, whatever we want to call it. And I'm curious to get your take on, you know, you, you talk about the money story. Yeah. Why, why we have money stories and like how that relates to our subconscious. So what, what is a money story? Yeah. So, so as I mentioned, I'm very into the subconscious. Um, one of my favorite books is called the power of the subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy. And Joseph Murphy was a new thought teacher, um, very active in New York, especially and died, I think in 1981, born in the late 1800s. Like he was just a magician, beautiful spirit, beautiful teacher. He has a lot of books on wealth. He has a lot of books on money. And what fascinated me, one of the first like sort of esoteric books I ever read was, um, oh my God, Napoleon Hill. 
uh, what's the book? I got to turn down my ring light. It starts to make me feel really loopy. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the first books I ever read. It was given to me by one of my, my mentors. And I remember being like, oh, whoa, what does the subconscious have to do with money? Like what? Mm-hmm. Like that? I was like shocked. I was like, no, let's talk about money. Let's talk about how we make money. Let's talk about how we feel wealthy. Let's talk about how we stop being broke and can pay our rent. Like, let's talk about that. And then every single book that I started to read on the subject of, of wealth, everything talked about the subconscious, everything talked about how, if you have a story or a looping belief in Mm -hmm. the subconscious, the subconscious will always win. So I'm sure many of your listeners have heard this, but just a quick little download on what is the subconscious. So from my understanding, the way I've learned is that we have 10% the conscious mind and then 90% subconscious. When I was studying Kundalini yoga, we learned, we were taught a lot about the subconscious mind. And that was also another thing that really piqued my interest. And the powerful thing about the subconscious is that, and, and, this, I'm going to take a a step further, but the powerful thing about the subconscious is that it is, it stores all of your memories. It stores all of your past lives. It is the soul that there's a teacher named Florence Shin, who has another book that I absolutely love. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I'm sure it'll come back to me in a minute, but oh, the works of Florence Shin. And then it has like five of her very famous books around abundance and money and whatnot. And I learned this from her, but the idea that the subconscious is the expression of the soul. So here's the thing. The soul is not perfect. Like your soul isn't perfect. Your soul is seeking to grow as we talked about a moment ago. So you can have stuff in there from, from other lifetimes of poverty. You can have stuff in there from your childhood. The subconscious in each incarnation, especially gets formed in utero to about seven, eight years old. That's like Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton talk a lot about those early formative years and, you know, how the subconscious works and how it forms. So let's just take it. We'll just speak in, let's say this lifetime, because I can get real, real out there. And I'm (laughs) saying it's great. (laughs) Great. I figure we're, this is yoga magic. We could probably go there, but um you know, something, so think about it this way. So where can a money story form? If you want to go real esoteric, maybe you've had lifetimes where you were in poverty, or maybe you had lifetimes where you were in a lot of power and you lost everything. Well, that can make a really painful money route in the subconscious. Let's say in this lifetime, you are born and raised and you have, um, a family that, you know, and it doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of money. Like my family had and has money, but when I was younger, it was like, it was kind of poverty consciousness, lack consciousness, even though Mm -hmm. we had, it was like, oh, well, when's it going to go away? Or you got to hold it. Otherwise it, and I'm sure this sounds familiar, or maybe people hear like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees, or you, you start to hear these things. And most of all, you see it modeled in your, your young life, or maybe even as you get older, but you know, I just finished, I did Catherine Zinkina's uh, Rich Babe Academy. And the first place we started was really in working with the subconscious. And I'm like this, it just, 
any, anything you ever learn about money, you will always come home to the subconscious because if your subconscious has a a money story that is keeping you in overspending or keeping you in a low bank account or hoarding, just know that there's a root there and that root can be healed. And so a money story, the way that I see it, the way I define it is it's essentially any belief system that you have that's rooted in the subconscious, rooted in the body, even rooted in what you believe to be truth on some level, even if it isn't actual truth, it just feels like the truth to you. When there's that hook, when there's the hook of a money story that again, as I mentioned, is producing let's say like I used to have a lot of issues with overspending. Like I used to make money on my own, but it was like, where's all the money? Like I'd look at my bank account and be like, there's $25 in here. Like, where is everything? Because I had a root core belief that money wasn't for me. I had a root core belief that if I had money, I would be hoardy and unhappy And here's the thing. I never, my mom, she doesn't like to listen to these podcasts. She's like, stop airing out. (laughs) She's like, we're, cause my family's amazing, but it's like, we all have shit from our past. Like I have, I take with me from being young, even though my family was wonderful, but of course, like nobody's perfect. And something that I saw modeled in my, in my parents was that they had this like again, as I mentioned, like, oh, okay, we have money, but when might it go away? And that was from their, from their pain, from their traumas, from their money stories, from what they saw from their families, or maybe what they had in other lifetimes. And so for me, as I got older, I realized that I wanted to rebel instead of being, instead of having money and then being like hoarding it or holding it too tightly, I was like, well, I'm just going to let it all go. Because when you have money, what, what was modeled to me is that you're, you're harsh with it, or you're, you're not happy with it. Mm -hmm. So you see what I mean? Like you can either, you can either model what you've seen for better, for worse. And that's a money story, or you can rebel against what you've seen for better or worse. And that's a money story. So my parents, even though they were very solid financially, the way they, they related to money, it just didn't feel real for me. It didn't feel right for me. I wouldn't say real. It didn't feel right for me. So when I got older, I made that association. And then I was like, oh man, like, I don't want that. And that like what I'm telling you, and I pray that that makes sense is, you know, this, that revelation came out of years of work. Like that was, Finally, what I realized is like, oh my God, that's a root story. It doesn't have to take you years to figure out your money stories though. And frankly, to be very honest, you don't have to go back into the muck and the mire of where it might've come from to heal it. All you have to look at is like, Hey, I have an overspending issue or I'm in debt or I want to make more money. And I keep getting capped at this amount. Okay. Let me reverse engineer. Let me go work with the subconscious right before I go to bed. That's been one of the biggest healing things for me is working with my subconscious, reprogramming my subconscious according to what I want those stories to be every single night. I have worked on my relationship to abundance, money, optimism, positive confidence, all the positivity, confidence for the last three years, almost every night 
I go to sleep and I reprogram my subconscious with hypnotherapy. And so I don't want, I don't, I don't, I, I can be a little, um, overzealous when I talk about this, cause I am very passionate about it. I never want someone to hear and be like, Oh my God, I have to go back and drudge up my stories and then go fix them, you know, like thread by thread. No work with your subconscious and you mm-hmm. can rewrite those money stories and rewrite those money patterns. Because until you do that, like for me, there was quite a while as well, where like I would make the money and I was like, Oh, I'm making the money. I've made a shift, but then I'd go back to the same square because I hadn't rewrote the inner story that said, I can handle more money. Money is for me. I love money and I respect money and money love and respect loves and respects me. So until you rewrite those things and get into that subconscious, rewrite those past lives or rewrite those, those early years, um, which doesn't have to be arduous. It can literally be what I like to call a gracious process and an easeful process, but you just got to do that work, do it at nighttime. That's when the brain starts to move back into the theta state. Guess when else your brain is in theta from, from in utero till seven, eight, nine years old. So it's almost like you're taking back. That's why people talk about inner child work. Yeah. Cause if you've got an inner child and they're throwing tantrums and spending all your money, you got to go back and heal that little babe. And you can do it every single night before you go to sleep, which is pretty miraculous. It's just, it's nice to hear other people's money stories. I mean, to hear what their blocks are. And I, I, sort of in vulnerability for me, it was always that my parents would sort of like joke about that. Like also like you had great parents, but they always would joke like, Ashley, you have such expensive taste. You're going to have to marry rich. And they would say that over and over and over again. And now as an adult, I'm really, really, really working through that, this belief system that I can't make money myself. And I always took these like lower paying jobs and thinking that like, oh, you know, it's fine because I'm doing this good thing, but like, that doesn't mean that I should make money. And now I'm like, fuck that noise. I can do whatever I want. Like I can have a conscious business that makes money and helps people. I can do that. Yes. Yes. And it's thanks to this work. Are there, so you, you mentioned hypnosis, which I literally just got out of a hypnosis session today. Uh, (laughs) We're vibing. Um, you talked like that reprogramming. Are, Are there any specific resources? Like even that you provide, do you do, um, like recordings or, or like, where do you go to do the reprogramming? Yeah. So where do I personally go or what do I have to offer? What I would love you to direct people to you. Cause I feel like you have so many yeah. good resources. Yeah. So, well, there's a couple things. So in my courses, so I have two specific money courses. I have heal your money, which is five steps to financial empowerment. And the first two steps are very emotional, spiritual, metaphysical. And the final three steps are very tangible, tactical, practical. Like what do I actually do to make these changes? Cause you need both. You absolutely like, yes, you work with the subconscious, but then what are you actually doing in your day-to-day life? Right. Like you have to actually take the steps to make the change. So the, so, uh, heal your money is very powerful in that. And then I have a course that is extremely popular. I've had it for, again, I'm like, what year is it? 2021. I, I, I released that course about two years ago. It's called magical women in money. And then we created a membership community out of that course because the results were so miraculous. We were like, okay, what if when I first launched that course, 
we, we did it as a community for the first two weeks and I had this whole giveaway. It was so fun. But then from that, the energy was so palpable. The transformations were so miraculous that we were like, what if we turn this into a membership? And so the membership is, of, and I'm, I'm, of course, I'm giving you some plugs here, but here's the thing. I want to explain my process of why I set these up the way that I did. So in the membership, it's five, it's a five month minimum commitment. And within it, there is everything from the mystical woo, um, you know, work that you can do with money. Of course, what I like to call the feminine polarity of money work. And then there's the masculine polarity. How do I manage my money? How do I invest? Um, how do I organize and create clarity in my finances? Uh, how do I mitigate debt? Like, how do I make a new relationship to debt? How do I take action around debt? How do I actually build my bank account? How do I build more revenue? All of that is in the membership. And within the membership, I have everything from hypnosis, affirmations, meditations, the coursework, and live trainings, as well as the community element. All of these things are absolutely, in. they are, they're just needed to make transformation. Yeah the proximity to the people around you, the consistency of work, the implementing new ideas, the doing the, the inner work, but then having um, the skills, the tools, and the information to do something new. So that's how I structure all of my work is I want you to have what I like to call, and this is inspired from Tony Robbins' work, but like a physiological change in the work, because if you're just sitting there bringing everything through your, your left brain and you're just sitting there taking notes and that's it, well, that's it. It just sits. It's only getting to that 10% conscious, but when you can make a shift as Tony, Tony says, like a shift in your physiology, a shift in the way you do things, a willingness to get uncomfortable and do things in a new way, that is what creates the change. So I'm very into embodiment work. Um, I never knew that's what I was teaching though, to be honest. I just kind of, it has a name now, but like I've been very into movement and just getting uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like, like moving energy through your body um, for quite a while. And that really got inspired when I went to Tony Robbins events because you dance and you get sweaty and you're just like do, doing these crazy things, like dancing your soul, I like to call it. And that just those little pieces, like we can sometimes like when people are way too in their mind and they're way too in their left brain and their logic, they can see things like that as like, oh, that's like fucking woo woo, whatever. Like, why are you dancing around on a chair and screaming and doing all this stuff? No, because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. If you are willing to do something in a new way, even if it's just like you're willing to like do something crazy and like dance to a full song and like shake your ass for like 20 minutes, who fucking knows what you can change? It's just that people get stuck because they get stuck physically. They get stuck yeah. mentally. They don't do things in a new way. It, you know, my, my way of approaching things, it's, it's mind, body and soul, because I just think, especially when we're making changes with our finances, it's a, it's an all hands on deck process because it's not just in the accumulation of new information. It's what do you do information, exactly the example I was giving you guys earlier of like, that's how I've created my life is like, 
getting that nudge, that fire, something woken up or inspired in me. And then asking myself, what am I going to do with this? And then doing something about it. So that's one of the biggest changes. The the most important things with money that I didn't get for forever. Cause I was doing Kundalini yoga and I was doing all these prosperity mantras, but then I wasn't putting myself out there in my business. I wasn't selling. I wasn't as best as I could. I wasn't taking big risks. I wasn't um, managing my finances. I just wanted the prosperity mantras to like make everything okay and me just to wake up on a pile of money. That's not how it works. You have to have both sides. And that's how I teach now is really from all of the fumbles that I've made is really seeing how the marriage between the feminine being and the feminine allowing, and this is not having anything having to do with gender. These are just energetic polarities of allowing and doing. And then the actual doing the masculine polarity, like how do you manage your finances? Are you investing? Um, do you have an understanding of how credit cards and debt work? Like these are all things that did not come naturally to me at first. There are things that I've learned and I've taught myself and I've had proximity to people where those are their values, including my fiance, Mick, like he really had, you know, I was making, when I met him, my business was already very successful, but really what it was coming down to is, well, how do I build net worth? How do I actually invest in my future? How do I invest? I always knew I wanted to know how to invest, but it intimidated me. And it seemed like, you know, old white guys in suits and like bank websites and like shit that wasn't spoken in a language I had any idea about. And Mick, because of my proximity to him, and this is why I believe your relationships, the community you surround yourself with, the friendships you have, these are all vital in helping you transform. Because if you're going to go for another level of your finances, I can guarantee you it's going to make someone in your life uncomfortable. And the question is with empathy, with compassion, but what are you, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to allow the, um, you know, when I first was making big changes in my, in my goals and my business and, and going for it with my business, it made my family, made my mom, especially extremely uncomfortable. Cause she is my mom. She wants me to survive. She doesn't want me to ask for money. She wants me to be a, you know, a thriving adult. So she saw the moves I was making as very intimidating. And I just had to tell her, I love you. I respect you so much, but unless you're going to speak life and positivity and love into my dreams, I, you are not allowed to talk to me about any of this. And I had to set, I don't believe in setting like strong verbal boundaries unless completely necessary. This was one of those, cause I think I learned from one of my teachers, Evie Pampora, she's like setting verbal boundaries with people can not always go over very well. Just walk your talk, like walk your talk. Like you don't need to tell people just be it. And if it's repeatedly getting, um, you know, maybe threatened your boundaries being threatened, then it's important to have a, a dialogue and to speak your truth. And so in that moment, it was important that I spoke that boundary because I had been listening to the fears of my family and everyone around me forever. And that's why I stayed the way that I stayed. That's why, not the only reason, of course, but that's why I'm so big on proximity. And that's why we have a community element and the, the guidelines there are, are ones of love, respect, integrity, and 
kindness and empowerment because you truly must be surrounded by people who value those things if you're going to make a change. Because otherwise you'll start to soar and they'll be like, wait a second, get back down here. That's not who you are. You're who makes me comfortable. Right. And so that that's a, that's a powerful thing in our growth and in our transformations, especially with wealth and success, wealth and money are some of the deepest triggers for people. Right. Of course it's a survival. That's how the system, that's where we're at right now. This is how the system is designed. You have a means of exchange. And so money has a deep, deep, deep primal root for us because it's the way we relate to our survival. And at the end of the day, at a primal level, we're here to survive. So that's why people get very triggered, myself included. That's why I've done so much work, continue to do work around this because healing that relationship and knowing you're okay. I think that that is also where the soul comes in, where the higher chakras come in to heal those, the wounding of those lower chakras. Anyways, I'm going all over the place, but very simply have people around you that encourage you to go to that next level and aren't going to ask you to come back down to where you keep them comfortable. It doesn't mean you have to like speed out and like peel out in their face. It just means that you have to keep your awareness of who encourages, who holds space for you to be who you truly want to be. And if you know that making great money and being financially empowered and sovereign and free is an absolute desire of yours, then you have to look around and take inventory around who's around you. And if they're willing to allow you to be powerful, um, because some people won't, and they want you to stay where they are because you growing threatens their comfort zone. So I don't know who maybe needs to hear that, but, um, it's something that it took me a long time. And I think it took it because I wasn't setting those boundaries with myself and with other people. Um, it definitely, uh, maybe even took me longer, so to speak, because I wasn't honoring the importance of proximity and who is around me and who is there to nourish my, my dreams and my visions. And, uh, that's an absolute non-negotiable when you want to create a life of success and impact and inner peace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many things, boundaries, (laughs) you know, like real life things that you, I'm glad that you brought that up too. Like obviously the woo, the subconscious do the things and do the work and then, but also apply it I was, I was just watching a YouTube video today. Nikki Novo put out this thing about like why manifestation sometimes doesn't work. And it's that we're always envisioning the end, right? Like we can visualize what the end, what, what wealth looks like, but we're not visualizing like that, that tough process of paying off the credit card, right? Like that, Mm. no one wants to manifest that, but that you got to do that work. Like you said, last question, I'm curious to know, you know, as you now you've built this amazing business. You're a sought after speaker. You're doing all this work yet. You still are very open about like when you need to take care of yourself, like when, well, that's always, but like when you've gone too far, when you need to pull back, like what does self-care look like for you right now? Yeah, it's incredible. Cause I, as an Aries, um, and then also with some of my wounds, um, from my past, like I had just this relentless drive to, to be okay. So there was a time where in my twenties, especially my late twenties, 
where I worked and worked and worked because I could not stand being broke anymore. And I had like five jobs. I ran my businesses. I like had my like astrology readings, the events that I did, like my jewelry selling, all that. But then eventually I finally got jobs. So I worked like two additional jobs. And so this was to supplement everything I was doing with my business. So morning, noon, night, midnight, I was working all the time. And so I took that mentality kind of helter skelter mentality into entrepreneurship. And when I started to really focus on my business, I brought with me a lot of those just relentless work habits. Some would call work ethic, maybe. Work ethic is important, but you have to have rest, rejuvenation, and relaxation. And I'll be very transparent. This is a very new concept for me, but the reason... I'm talking about it now. And the reason it kind of hit home so potently for me recently is because I had like my, just had probably my fifth adrenal burnout. Like I've had severe, Mm -hmm. severe adrenal burnout multiple times because, and then it, you know, your immune system lowers and you get sick. It's like a whole mess. And I also believe that's my soul being like, excuse me, are you ever going to learn this lesson, honey? Like you are just like fucking on a tear. Like, what are you afraid of? And I had to finally acknowledge, wow, I'm so afraid of not making it. I'm so afraid of mm-hmm. being broke again. I shouldn't say I am sorry, subconscious. Cause you know, anything we put after I am our subconscious takes as truth, uh, identity truth. So clear, cancel, delete. I always like to say that after I say something that I'm like, okay, don't anchor that in there just let it go. But, um, I learned that from a really cute book called quantum languaging by Danny Katz. It's like clear, cancel, delete, let it go. Like just like psh, clear it anyhow. But that was, this has been a huge breakthrough for me recently is like actually seeing now here's the thing. I am also talking from the vantage point of someone who has built systems in their business. So I talked about this a little bit on Instagram yesterday. Like at the end of the day, there are going to be times in your business as you're growing where you are working nonstop and you, there's a lot of like foundations to lay. Don't listen to someone like me who's you know, four years into a very mature business. Cause I already had a mature brand from other stuff I'd done in my twenties. And then in the last year, year and a half, and now especially really focus on building structure and team. So don't listen to me and be like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to sit back and it's going to build itself. You know what I mean? No, there's going to be times where you, ha- you just, there's seasons of business. And so I'm in a season right now where I am dancing with the rest rejuvenation, as well as the building and the structuring. But this is also on the heels of a lot of years of mess ups and nonstop working. I really believe anybody that I know where I respect what they've created, they've put in a lot of work, but it's also the way, the thing where I think I messed up many times is that I wanted to rush the process and I wouldn't rest rest as you build, rest and replenish and stay inspired as you're laying the groundwork for where you're going. Those are habits I didn't build. Those are habits that when the stakes are a little bit higher, which is where I am now, that's what I'm working on now. I don't suggest that. Practice healthy habits now. You don't have to go balls to the wall to be successful. 
you can, you, you build over time. That's what success, that's how true fulfilling success is cultivated is you build over time and you don't give up, but you also have to find, you know, a big thing for me recently has been soul, like understanding that like I'm a soul having a human experience. That's why I talk a lot more openly about that stuff now. Cause like, I think it's important. Sometimes we have to zoom out and remember that we are this indestructible energy. We're rooted in creation. Like fucking relax. You're going to get it. You're going to get to where you want to go. Trust. And I say that to myself. Exactly. Trust. And that's what I think after my last burnout just recently, I I cried a lot of tears because I was like, wow, you really have zero faith. You really don't Mm -hmm. trust. That's Mm -hmm. I love you. I'm, I feel, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry. You, you feel like you have to rush and you have to control. Mm. So for me lately, I've been working and healing my root chakra. I've been, I did two things. I did a Reiki session recently with one of my old students, Maddie. And she was like, honey bunny, I just like reset your root chakra. You've got all this ancestral stuff in there. And then that got me interested in ancestral work. So I booked a session with this powerful woman named Shaidea. And she took me through like an ancestral altar building session. Now I haven't built my altar yet, but I now have the tools to do so. And a focus for me, because I know my grand my grandpa Mitch, not even a great grandpa, my great, my grandpa grew up poor in Detroit. He eventually created a lot of money through mindset work. My grandpa's like, to me, my original mystic, he was very mystical, very esoteric in a lot of ways, which is cool. But anyhow, I have that. I, I have, I know that in my, in my ancestral line, that poverty has been a part of the story. Mm. So we have to remember too, that that's something that I'm getting really fascinated by lately is like, well, why do we have the shit that we have? Why do I have these sort of like just reactions? Well, yes, some of them are maybe from my childhood, but also some of them may also live in my roots, my ancestry, my DNA. I got to heal. I get to heal. I don't know anything about epigenetics, but that word is coming in my brain. I've never heard, I don't know anything about it, but I, I am, ex- I'm fascinated because the thing I love about entrepreneurship is you get to constantly work on yourself. If you're not making the money you want to make, or if you are not, if you are not moving in the direction you want to move, and this is not just for entre- entrepreneurs. I personally resonate and I love entrepreneurship. So I use that example, but this, this, what I'm going to say is really for anyone who's willing to be self-aware when you're willing to be self-aware and set goals for your life and have dreams for your life automatically, whether it's through the vantage point of a business or money or family or whatever it may be, you will get invited and maybe even tested into becoming the greatest version of yourself. And so for me, what I love about my journey and the goals that I've set and the dreams that I'm willing to like explore with myself while I'm here, they've all invited me into very uncomfortable places, but also places to heal and learn. And so, you know, the rest and the rejuvenation piece that I talk about now for entrepreneurs and for, you know, really anybody, but especially for the entrepreneur is that 
you're going to get to where you want to go. Have faith. If I could go back and tell the 20 something version of me that it was all going to work out and I was going to meet the love of my life, I would have saved myself a lot of drama and a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. So now when I see myself going into those old stories, those old fears, I zoom out and I'm like, Natalia, I'm going to talk to you from the 40 year old version of you we're going to zoom on back. We're going to talk to you and we're going to remind you that everything worked out. It's all good. Let go of the fear. So that's been a helpful thing for me. The last thing I'll say about this is uh, last week, I'm really into sports documentaries. I just got done watching Last Chance You. They actually helped me be a better coach, actually. Like, I love watching coaches and athletes. I think it's incredible. Like I just find it fascinating. Maybe because I'm an Aries. I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by people who really like push their, their physical bodies to greatness and coaches. It's like a lot of psychology. Anyways, I was listening to this. I was watching last chance you and the coach Mosley at the end, he said, if you can have the faith of a mustard seed, like you can move mountains. And all of a sudden I felt like my soul kind of poke through and be like, listen to that. And I heard it like at a deep level. And I just started weeping and I was like, Mm. whoa, I was like, that's it. Have faith. Like you can keep going, but have some faith in the process. And when we have faith in the process, we allow ourselves to experience pleasure in the process. We allow ourselves to slow down. And so learn from my mistakes and air quotes, learn from my lessons that have taken me just a lot of fumbles because now I'm in this place, you know, really over the last month since I got sick and had my little burnout where I'm like, so what do you want to do? Like, and then I also split up my time and my schedule. So I don't overwork myself. I'm just like, okay. I start listening to my body. Oh, you're tired. Okay time to take a break. Okay. Do we have to do all three of these things today? When's the deadline for this? When does this thing actually have to get done? And then I move it. And that's just like, really, I'm like really into my iCal. Like I like live in there. So really like I make it beautiful too. I use all the colors and stuff, but really like just, you know, looking at that, using it as utilizing it as a tool and just being like, okay, how can I set this baby up? Cause this is my time. This is the most precious commodity that I have in, uh, for my life. Everything else is replaceable except for this. Everything is replaceable except for the energy and the way that I use my time. So using, utilizing my iCal as like a nice little guide for rest, actually planning things where I'll be like, okay, tonight I'm going on a date with myself. Okay. Saturday, Mick and I are doing this together. Okay. I have this podcast with you, Ashley. Afterwards, I'm going to take an hour long break before I do my next thing. It's just things like that. That's really helped me create balance because I'm also very visual. So being able to kind of create that new structure and that new balance in the way I I structure my calendar has been a game changer mm-hmm. and, and inserting pleasure into my life has been just really healing for me and very new practice for me too. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing about it because it is really inspiring to see people that are doing well and like 
bearing their soul in the process. It's, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's, there's learnings throughout. There's a specific human design profile where you like make mistakes and you share about it. I can't remember if it's three, five, I think that's what I am. So I'm like resonating with everything you're saying right cool. now. Yeah. It's very, cool. I don't know much about human design. I just had a reading with one of my old students, Stephanie, it blew my mind. Like, I feel like I've had like six human design readings and it takes me a while to really take in the information, yeah. but it's so fascinating. Like it's, it's really cool. so powerful. Yeah. Oh, Natalia, this was like dream afternoon. Thank you. It's sunny here in Minnesota. And I'm just like, so grateful for your time and your, your goodness. Can you share just where people can find you, your podcast, your Instagram? Yeah. All the things? Oh my God. Absolutely. So I am very active on Instagram. It's just at Natalia underscore Benson. My website is nataliabenson.com. Um, I have, I'm on clubhouse, Natalia underscore Benson. And yeah, lots of, I'm on YouTube. Basically, if you search Natalia Benson, you will find me. I have lots of course offerings. As I mentioned, the money courses, just cruise on over to my website. You can just go to the shop and the courses tab and, or come and explore the membership. There's uh, lots of really beautiful free resources on my site and on my YouTube and my Instagram as well. And yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. This was such an honor and I'm really grateful for your time today and just incredible questions. This was so fun. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Thanks to Natalia. Make sure to check out her information in the show notes. Thanks to our show sponsor, Simpson and Vale. Make sure to take advantage of that discount. And finally, friends, if you like what you're hearing, if this episode taught you something and you want to share it with others, go ahead and share it on Instagram or with a friend. You can follow along at Yoga Magic Podcast or Ashley Yoga. We'll see you next week.